Super Talk Mississippi media production. What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's blended tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently. To get a taste of what they're truly all about, you can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersandBakers.com. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in the studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, we're on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. But you can watch us, too. We're on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And today we get to hear from Becky Neiman. She is a teacher and librarian at North Pike Elementary School. And they were selected for the Robbie and Matthews Busload of Books National Tour, which was hitting up all 50 states, doing presentations, creativity, and giving away books. And it sounds like a fun time. So, hey, Becky. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? I'm excited. I'm excited. Anytime kids get excited about reading and they get books and, you know, it's not a digital device, although those definitely have their place in the classroom these days. So how did North Pike Elementary find its way on this national tour? Well, um, we use a book company or a, a nonprofit called First Books, and they are a sponsor of the Busload of Books. But they um, sell books and at a very good price for Title I schools. And I believe it was like last August they had an email, and it said, um, Robbie and Matthew are coming to uh, picking a school from each state. They are wanting to go on a tour. And I didn't even... I didn't even hesitate when I got the email. I was like, okay, I'm filling it out right now. Because they also, I mean, this is like another thing. First Book will send you emails to give books away, like $50 for this. And if you don't do it right away, they all get taken. So I thought, I am filling this out right now. Well, and it wasn't until last November. Um, I had to, whenever you ask those questions, I was like, when did I find out? Last November at our Thanksgiving break, I got an email from Busload of Books and First Books saying, we want to come to your school in December. And in my mind, I was thinking it was that December, but it's the December coming up. And so we just had to write why we, I would want the author and illustrator to come and um, what, what we wanted to gain out of it and how many students we had and that kind of information. And honestly, the first uh, Skype call that we had together meeting them, they said, um, you were the first email we got. So maybe that being first that time mattered. <laughs> it did matter. It said, oh, they are quick with the, with the reply there <laughs> in Mississippi. Miss Becky means, uh, means business. Now, for those that may not be familiar with Robbie and Matthew's busload of books tour, who is Robbie and Matthew? 
Um, Robbie um, Bear is the illustrator, and they're a husband and wife team, and Matthew Swanson is the author, and they have four children, and um, they have written the one book that they're going to get, uh, all the students here from second through fourth grade will get uh, Ben Yokoyama and the Cookie of Doom, and um, then all the children in kindergarten and first First grade will get a book that they've written called Everywhere Wonder. And um, they have been writing books. He also has taught at um, a college up there. They live actually in Chester, I want to say Chesterville or Chester View, Maryland. And so um, they wanted to take their kids on an adventure. They inspire reading and want to empower students to know that they, too, can read wonderful things and also be a writer. And when you're doodling in class, sometimes you get in trouble, and you may want to be that illustrator. And didn't they also take an actual school bus and convert it into, like, their camper? They're living out of a school bus, and that's what they're yes. telling Yes. Can you imagine that with a couple with four kids and no bathroom on the bus? Oh, no. Um, no bathroom on the bus. He said, uh, Matthew, one time, uh, kidding, uh, said, there's plenty of bathrooms out in the world, so we can stop and uh, make sure we get our rest by going to the bathroom. But if you follow them on busloadofbooks.com and on Instagram, oh, and the dog, they have a dog um, on the bus with them, but it, it'll show their map that they're going on. They're currently, they visited a school today in Minnesota. That's their 13th school. We'll be number 32, so we have about 19 more schools. But they're crisscrossing. Once they get, then they'll start going back across, and then they'll go through the southern area. How excited are the kids there at North Pike Elementary to know that they're going to have a special visit, my big school bus, with cool people who are going to give them free books? Oh, we are so excited. I think, I mean, I every time they come in, I want to tell them something. I feel like I'm a stalker on their Instagram and Facebook site. Um because this today they planned this excursion on the map when you see it to not have to be around snow. You know, we uh, you know us in Mississippi we like the snow. It's a snow day, but they planned it. Well, they woke up this morning to snow in um, Minnesota, so it was like we didn't plan that, but they have snow. It's not a lot, but I showed the kids today because I thought that was exciting. And so all the classes that I saw today in library got to see that. And so, like I told, I even told the kids, I feel like I watch them every day, but I want to show you. And they are super pumped. They always want to, we're tracking it on a map. And the last class today got to color in Minnesota. And so they were like, I'll color it. And we're keeping track of them that way. That's a lot of fun. Okay, what's you mentioned the grades, but again, what are the grades that are going to be able to meet Robbie and Matthew and the busload of books? It is uh, all morning uh, till like one or two o'clock. We have kinder through fourth grade, and we uh, when I signed up, we were only kinder through third. But we moved our fourth grade back to our elementary, and our fifth and sixth grade now are at the upper. And so they accommodated those extra students as well. Plus, I was so excited. You know, I was telling them last year after December that we, you know, they were coming. So this has been a a year uh, planning for us. We want to show them that Mississippi hospitality but they will come in do two two um presentations 
um, they're about 45 minutes to an hour. Their children, uh, you can, uh, they said, farm them out. They will come and talk to classes about their trip, their experience, do origami. And then um, a group of 12 to 14 students will get to have lunch um, in the library with them, and they're going to do an activity with those students. Pretty cool. It looks like something to look forward to, particularly to keep them, you know, maybe engaged as we get a little bit of holiday-itis as Thanksgiving and then sort of Christmas rolls around, which I know can be hard to do for not only the students but the staff as well. You've, you're the librarian there, Becky, and I think librarians are the cool one of the coolest pieces to at least the elementary puzzle of schools. My daughter, who's now fifth grade, has always loved and adored and known her librarians by name, and sometimes they go overlooked uh, in all that they do for kids. How important is it for families and also students to recognize the importance of the library still within the school? Oh, it is so important. I really feel like we're the hub, the heart of our school. I try to collaborate with teachers. I try. I do keep a Facebook page to keep them motivated. I am on our school status platform, and I send out messages to parents. You don't realize, you know, a child's whole personality that they've developed before they're two years old. And, you know, when they're at this age, they're still learning to read for the most part. And then once they leave us, they're reading, they're learning to read, they're having to read to learn. And I know, you know, you're saying with your own children, it's so important to, I was telling third grade parents last week at a meeting that they, when they learned to talk, we wanted them to talk. And when they started to read, we listened to them read. Well, now when they're transitioning to a chapter book, you may have to help them again. You may have to read a chapter and they read a chapter or listen to a chapter on an audio book and let them read a chapter. Um, there are so many books that are out there to read. And we're, you know, I, I also tell my kids this. I don't read books holding them um, except my kid books here. But if it's a chapter book in my library here, I've probably bought it on my Kindle because I like holding my device. So <laughs> it's just a funny thing. Well, I think it's preference, too, but at least they're reading, whichever way they sort of do it. But I think this is a great example of how libraries can also bring in the extra fun, add that layer of excitement, anything, you know, to get them excited and look forward to reading or just, you know, feathering that education to me is a good thing. So you'll have to follow back up with this Becky in December with pictures and how it all works out when Robbie and Matthew make it to, to North Pike. Oh, I would love to. Anytime, Rebecca. I mean, I love talking about reading anytime, we, anytime I can because it's such an important skill. It certainly is, and it's important to get them excited, and it sounds like you've done that. So thank you for your time, Becky. Thank you. Have All a good day. All righty. I hear it's National Dessert Day, so let's think about, let's get our sweet tooth going. We'll talk about that more coming up next. Beat. 
positive and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Worked all week, got it all done. Let's make a Tennessee River. Don't forget, you can watch Good Things. We're on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. Sports Talk Mississippi, which is coming up next, is going to continue in Oxford at the convention center on t- today. Not on Friday. That is today. Today is Friday for the Ole Miss School of Business Banking Symposium. For 20 years, this event has been an important part of guiding our economy. So they're going to be joining you live from location there in Oxford from 3 to 6 right after uh, Good Things. We always tell you here on Good Things the best way to k- stay connected to what we're up to is over on the Good Things Facebook group where we have a lot of fun. And today I thought we would have a little fun celebrating a delicious national day, and that is National Dessert Day. And this one's tricky because, and it's also National Real Sugar Day, which I thought, huh, those two go hand and hand. Because usually it's like National Cake Day, National Donut Day, Cookie Day. It limits you into like, or Pie Day. But now it's like if you could only have one, your last dessert that you could ever have, like what are you going for? It's hard to think about. The array of sweets, particularly here in South. Are you going for a banana pudding? Are you going for a cheesecake? Maybe a strawberry cake or a chocolate pie from the Mayflower, if that's your favorite restaurant like it is for Rick. I don't know. Maybe it's just brownies or a sleeve of Oreos in a glass of milk. It's dessert day. But then I guess technically, do you consider, like, do you consider Oreos a dessert or are they? If you have them after a meal, yeah. So it's like, how do you like, or is it more of just? The way I see it, dessert is only really part of a meal. If you're just having a dessert by itself, then you're not really having dessert, you're having a sweet, you're having a snack. Right. Dessert is the, the icing on the cake, to, to use a bad pun, but it's, like it. it's the end of the meal. It's the sweet ending of a meal. So as long as it's sweet, and it comes after... I can't think after, of a single savory dessert. I get it, but as long as it's sweet and it comes after a meal, you label that as a dessert. Oh, yeah. Where your mind could go, a dessert would be something... That cakes, pies, brown, something that had effort went into it more than just coming off the shelf at the grocery store and then having it at home. Does that make I sense? mean, I've been known to have a banana for a dessert. Is that when you were on your health kick? No, I did it the other day. Just to have something. Because like, I mean, I had a I had a bunch of bananas and they're they're slowly getting riper, so I need to eat them. Didn't really feel like eating a Pop-Tart or something for dessert, didn't have any sweets around the house, but wanted something a little sweet to end a meal with, so I just grabbed a banana. Isn't it interesting how it's not even like you have to teach humans that sweet should come last? If you've ever tried to flip it and like have dessert first and then have a savory meal, it's not that you can't or that anyone comes and arrests you. It's just that it feels weird. It feels off. Unless you had a palate cleanser between the two, yeah, your, your taste buds are going, what is this? <laughs> Why, Why are, are you going to reverse? Why are we going? Right. It really feels like it's kind of like that, you know, it wraps it in a bow. It ties it in a knot. It's that way to sort of just 
seal the deal in in the experience you walk away and maybe it's because you walk away on such a high it's like yeah <laughs> on a sugar high someone mentioned banana split or pineapple upside down cake nope can't pick two <laughs> getting feisty here on good things on a friday we'll make you pick what if you did the banana split on top of a slice of pineapple upside down cake mm. I'll let you get away with that just for this one time, only because I know how hard that is. <laughs> when you think about the array of desserts in your life, and what I hope this does more than anything is I want you to go back on like your memory train and think of all the really great desserts and the moments that you've had like around them from wedding cake or that great birthday cake that you always want every year or your favorite restaurant where you're looking forward to that. Or maybe somebody ordered something and you're like, ah, I'll just take a bite. And then it rocked your world and you were like, give me another one, right? Because that is something that a good dessert can do. You can go in and go, let me just taste it. And then if, it, if all the planets align and all the flavors combined and it's baked or cooked or whatever properly, perfectly, and your taste buds are in the moment for it, it's, it could be life-changing. And you go back for the second bite, and then science says by the third or fourth bite, you lose your the in, urge. The interest in it. We just are used to cleaning our plates. I don't know, though. They've never tried my mama's banana pudding. The first, the, last, <laughs> the, last, the last bite tastes just as good as that first one does. I always loved my mom's chocolate chest pie, but later in her life, she started experimenting with a couple other things, and one of them... I wouldn't say it eclipsed the chocolate chest pie because I still it's it's on a whole different level. But she made this thing called amalgamation pie, which I think you have to try a little bit of it at one point. Mm -hmm. But it's it's like coconut and raisins yes. and pecans, but it has a consistency like homemade cookie dough, and has that richness like cookie dough. But it's got all this other like coconut and raisins so and stuff like in it. So it has like a So it's got it's yeah. got texture to it too. That's one where, when I first looked at it, I was like, I'm not going to like this, but Mom made it, so I'm going to try a piece. And then I could have eaten the entire thing. I'd have made myself sick, but it was that good. Yes, it was good, but I've also had the pleasure of having your mother's uh, chestnut pie, and I have to say, it's one you can't eat the whole piece at one sitting. I mean, I guess you could, but it's one I enjoyed having at my desk, and I ate a whole piece over the day. I would have a bite or two, and it was awesome. And then because it was so rich, and but then you come back and you have a bite or two later. It's one that would sit with you for a little while. Yeah, you know a dessert is rich where if you get in too big a hurry eating it, you start to get the hiccups. Yes, Jeff in Oxford, my best friend Tina's homemade carrot cake with cream cheese and chopped pecan frosting. There you go. My mama does make a really good carrot cake. I don't know if I could decide. I would be better off coming up with my last meal, I think, than trying to pick my last dessert that would be <laughs> that would be really tough some sort of cheesecake or key lime pie it's not a bad way homemade peach ice cream there you go there you go the last bite is the worst because there's none left that is true if it's a really good dessert you start to get sad as it starts to go further 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 I can't be the only person that has a bit of a routine. Like, like if I do get the opportunity to have a homemade chocolate chest pie, and I'm down to the last piece, I'll I'll eat it slower, and then I'll get to where there's that you have the crust and that last bit of the pie filling, mm -hmm. and I'll start breaking off crust and eating that just to to have that one last bite be the best possible bite. Is chocolate pizza a dessert or a meal? 
we debate this almost every Sunday that we wind up at like the Mazio's, you know, pizza buffet or whatever. They've got like the Oreo uh, pizza or the chocolate chip pizza. They call it a dessert pizza, but you get it, you know, you eat it within the array of whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I've never switched back and forth from the dessert pizza to pepperoni and then back again. You always ended it, always with, ended it with, with, the dessert with the dessert pizza. Homemade peanut brittle. My mama and papa Withers worked their tail off for the church fundraiser for years. Years, I tell you. So I would not choose that because I feel like I have eaten my weight in it five times over, over the lifespan when they did that. But homemade peanut brittle will do that. It's delicious, but it also... You know, you'll lose a you'll lose a tooth or a cavity or something else too if you eat it fresh out of the fresh from the making. Bananas Foster is also amazing. It's also fun to make, especially if you use the flammable liqueur and pour it off in there and then light it up and sprinkle the cinnamon on top. Matthew from uh, the bagpiper from Hattiesburg, tough choice for a diabetic. You're not you're not the first diabetic to chime in on this, and I'm thinking, oh no, this is good things, honey. You are in a diabetic free zone. Like if this is your last dessert ever on the planet, you let that blood sugar go as high as it needs to go, and then we'll bring you back down to reality because we're not actually going to eat it. So you just go on and fantasize about which dessert you would love to be sugar free and fancy free for you because I get it in, in the real world you do have to watch and sort of manage that but today we can just ponder what would be your last dessert if you had to choose one Oreo dirt pudding not bad red velvet cake there you go my grandfather would only put his dentures in to eat my grandma's peanut brittle he'd have to <laughs> he'd have choked <laughs> Oh man, I can hear it cracking now. I can smell it, and then they how they bag it. It was the whole thing. Do they still? Do churches still make that for fundraisers? Oh yeah, I've only ever tried to make brittle in any. It wasn't even peanut brittle. I was just I didn't have any peanuts. I was just trying to make brittle with the sugar and and turning it into candy. And that is an art. Uh, my one attempt, it didn't quite. I don't think it got hot enough, or there was too much water in the mixture or something because it never got brittle it was like a really chewy caramel and them church ladies had it down oh yeah they got it figured out science and if you got caught eating the peanuts before they were able to put it in the brittle you got in trouble bob my grandmother made an amalgamation cake and it was similar to what rhino rhino described plum delicious that's where she got the idea for the pie was amalgamation cake she took the icing and turned it into a pie so yeah it's on the same wavelength and it is delicious Mm. You're probably hungry too. You know what goes good with dessert? Movies. We've got Tanya coming up next here on Good Things. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. I 
comes the movie day with Tanya here on Good Things, but I know this one. <laughs> well, you have to know this one because just about everything you watch on TV or see any sort of thing about movies, it's all gearing up to this weekend. So it's a big yeah, weekend, huh? Yeah. For so, Halloween lovers, at least. Yeah. Or fans. Um, yeah, so Halloween ends is out this weekend, and I am fresh from watching it. Really? And yes. you're still together. And let me tell you, I feel like I have a pretty strong stomach after having kids. Things, <laughs> Especially things, boys. Yeah, things just don't bother me like they used to. But this is one of the grossest things I've ever seen in my life. I mean, my stomach is kind of feeling weird. Really? Yes. Have yes. the other ones now? You have to remember, I've seen bits and pieces, but I never was on the Halloween train. A little too young for when it first came out. You know, whatever. So have they always been gory? Yeah, they've always been gory. But this one, and I, it's hard to talk about without spoiling it, but at the end, um, it's just some really hard <laughs> If you're a fan of the movies, you're going to love it, I'm sure. But, I mean, it is really, really gory and graphic and ugh. Let's just say if you need to skip a meal for some reason, go watch this movie and you gotcha. won't want to eat for a little while. Mm. So. <laughs> now I'm very intrigued. <laughs> but, you know, there's a different kind of scary. There's the kind like, oh, my God, that could happen to me. They could jump out of my closet and actually kill me. And then there's that other scary where it's the gore that doesn't haunt you, but it's terrible to watch. Yeah, and this one overall is that same kind of silly stuff. I mean, there's no way Michael Myers can survive what he's been through. But in the Halloween movies, of course, he always comes back after being shot or stabbed or whatever um and so that you know you can say okay this isn't realistic and it makes you feel better and the ending of this one to me had a mixture of that and something that could happen so um but this one is you know jamie lee curtis who i just love more and more every time i see her get interviewed she's just such a normal person i think um as normal as she can be. Yeah, yeah. But um, she is back, of course, as Lori, and um, she has been tormented by Michael Myers since she was a teenager. And um, we pick up in this one about four years after the last one ended, and we see her. Everybody's kind of at peace. Michael's gone. He has not been seen or heard from in four years. And so everybody thinks, okay, he's gone. We can move on. So she starts writing a memoir. Um, she's living with her granddaughter. And um, she thinks, okay, you know, it's time for me to move on and heal from this. Um, but of course, as we all know, Michael's never really gone. If you haven't kept up with the rest of them, could you at least go and enjoy it? I think you can, because at the beginning of this one, they do um, a really cool catch-up. So if, even if you had never seen a movie, they kind of tell you. I don't know if I could you. all of them just yeah. for this one. Yeah, and this is the 13th one. Yeah, you know? I, ain't got, I ain't got that time And now. everybody's saying this one is for sure uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's last one. Um, but... The the powers that be behind the movies said, okay, yeah, this is definitely the end of this latest trilogy, but we're probably going to keep going. So we'll see if Jamie Lee changes her mind. Or I saw a really cool, I guess, post about, I didn't read it, but it was a picture of her holding a picture of her when it first came out, yeah. right, or whatever, and then it was now her, you know, like at this, and watching the stages of her 
in that character of Jamie. It was kind of neat to see, you know. Yeah, and it, you know, it's what amazes me is you know this series has not lost its fans and it just keeps gaining traction um this movie had the biggest box office on a thursday night um than any of the others someone asked is this halloween series the original halloween series or the rob, rob zombie version i think the original um Rano i said yes yeah yeah. If you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> is it the only thing out this week? Well, um, it is the only big new release this weekend. But since I was out last week, I thought yeah, I would do a catch little catch up. up. So last weekend was Amsterdam. And this is also rated R. Halloween ends as rated R. Um, this one is a movie that I have been looking so forward to seeing because it's like this massive all-star cast. I mean, the best of the best, Christian Bell, Margot Robbie, Robbie, John David Washington, Chris Rock, Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, Mike Myers, and the list just goes on and on. But it's about um, the business plot, which was a real political conspiracy that happened back in the early 30s. Um, and it was a plot to basically overthrow the government and um, pull Roosevelt out of office. Um, but it follows three people. It's um, a doctor, a nurse, and a lawyer. And they get caught up in this murderous plot um, of they're falsely accused. Well, first of all, um, there is a, a former military officer who these, the doctor and the lawyer really love and admire and look up to who dies. And his daughter comes to them and says, I feel like something else is going on. Would you please investigate this? So the doctor performs an autopsy, determines, yes, this man had been poisoned. He goes to report the news to the daughter, and she is murdered. And they are framed. So that's kind of where everything picks up. Um, and, you know, it's it's kind of a fun movie. It reminded me a little bit of a Wes Anderson movie, just the fact that it was kind of quirky. Um, but every actor in it gave 110%. So the performances were great. The plot was a little, uh, I don't know, it just kind of kind of was lost on me a little bit in certain parts. Um, but overall, I thought it was a great movie. I, and, it, it, you know, I think it's a fun movie. If you like, you know, Mur Murder on the Orient Express, those kind of whodunit mm -hmm. kind of things. Um, you'll enjoy this one, I believe. Um, and Taylor Swift is in it too. So, interesting. <laughs> Good for her. I know you don't I always she expect do to see her. Um, actually, I can say <laughs> this without giving anything away because it's it's out there. Uh -huh. But she is the daughter that gets murdered in the very beginning. So. Not oh, only did they get framed for murder, but they murdered Taylor Swift. I mean, come on. Oh, her little, what, what did she call her, her little uh, gang? Swifties. Her Swifties going to be angry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Taylor Swift fans probably are also Sam, or not Sam, um, Shawn Mendes fans. Um, and he's got a movie out where he voices Lyle Lyle crocodile this is really the only thing out there right now for kids and this one is aiming for the single digit kids it's not made for the adults it's really for the young ones and Shawn Mendes fans 
so um anyway it's the book come to mm-hmm. life the, uh, i think the book was written it's a picture book from the 60s um that has continued to flourish through all the years so this is a book based on that story of a crocodile who can sing but when he gets in front of people he has stage fright and so his owner has to leave him behind in an apartment in new york uh, while he travels the world and this little boy that moves into the apartment finds him so that's kind of where it all kicks off but if you like um i keep wanting to say sam mendez sean mendez uh, I think you'll enjoy it because, you know, it's him singing and a couple of his songs are in it. And then the guys behind Greatest Showman, La La Land and Dear Evan Hansen, they've also written some new songs for this one. So Did you the see music it? is great. I have not seen, seen it, it, but I've listened to the soundtrack and um, I really, really like the music. Well, I saw it and I thought it was cute. I thought the little one would like it. I thought it was one I could take both, like, 10 and 3. Would mm-hmm. probably sit through it, hopefully, yeah. and enjoy it. Yeah, I thought, I mean, the the clips I've seen, the CGI looks really good. Um, so, I don't know. Have we ever had a speaking crocodile before? I don't know. Other than maybe Captain Hook, or did he even talk? I mean, the the alligator that bit off his horn? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I'm sure, so, I'm sure somebody would know and let us know that. What's is it next weekend that it's? Um, oh, cutie patootie. Oh yeah, um, she knows. Ticket to Paradise yes. with George Clooney yes. and Julia Roberts. I'm so excited it about so it. Fun. I don't, I mean, to me, this is what I love the most about movies is is a movie like this one. Um, so it's going to be fun. Of course, as most of you know, it's them. They're divorced. But they have to come together to keep their daughter from marrying the wrong guy. Of course they do. Yeah. <laughs> so but they're just great together. Fun. I'd watch them read the, you know, yellow pages. Yeah, for uh, sure. They're friends in real life, and it really pays off because their chemistry is so good. Well, lots of fun things to get out there and see. I guess Halloween ends if you dare. Eat snacks before you go. Yeah. <laughs> <That> yeah. <one. laughs> All right. I can't wait to hear how you like Ticket for Paradise if you get to see it before next week. So yes, I will. We'll be waiting for that one. All right. Y'all stick with us. we got more coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. watch good things we're on computer or your mobile device just head on over to supertalktv.com you can also watch a football game or you can listen to one on just about every supertalk mississippi station you can stream a ton of games and get up to the minute scores from across the entire state that's over at supertalk.fm slash high school or if you do have the app then you can just open it click sports and boom there you go you've got the scoreboard preview show starting at 6 p.m uh coming up tonight as well as the farm bur- farm borough 
Bureau. <laughs> They've heard it all by this time. The Farm Bureau Insurance Company Scoreboard Show at 10 tonight. Anywhere you listen or you watch uh, Super Talk. And I had a really good headline had just seen, considering we we're talking about football, of Jackson State University's uh Dion, Coach Prime, as he likes to be called, Sanders. He is kicking off homecoming week for JSU by presenting patients at the Center for Cancer and Blood Disorders at the Children's of Mississippi Hospital with him and the Aflac Ducks. How awesome is that? The robotic uh, My Special Aflac Ducks are going to help children with cancer or sickle cell, sickle cell, it's a hard word on Friday, prepare for medical treatments. And they're just going to have a distraction and have a fun time. And I thought, oh, how cool for him to lend his time. I know it's a partnership, but to do something cool, bring attention to that and get out there and enjoy the kids. I was really hoping it was real ducks. It's not. I'm a little, little down. It's a robotic duck, but I'm sure the kids will still <laughs> enjoy it. And as I'm thinking it through, it's probably not the best idea just to release a bunch of ducks into the hospital. But in my mind, it would be great. I mean, they bring in other therapeutic animals. Why can't it be? <laughs> and I don't think they actually trained the duck to say that. They but. should. They totally, they totally, they totally should. Okay, you guys have helped with trying to figure out if there is other CGI talking alligators. What an interesting question. Never really thought about it. Of all the movies, I mean, you think Sing, you think of the zoo uh, movies. I can't think of that one. The name of it. Um, we bought a zoo. Yeah, but the... Not its museum. <laughs> the kid one, where it's can't help you with those. They 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 escape the zoo. There's the there's always the funny uh, zebra. Uh, yeah. Madagascar. Yes, you can help. We've been married so long here on the radio. You get how I think, and I love it. I, it's right there. I can see it. I just the word it's, it's lost somewhere in there. I can't think of any gator. You wonder why. Well, I mean, if it's targeted to kids, alligators and crocodiles and caimans and everybody else in that ancient prehistoric family of water-loving lizards, they got a bunch of teeth and a big mouth. It's They're like living dinosaurs, which I know kids like dinosaurs, but not if they were chomping at you. Does Jungle Book have a talking gator? Mm, not that I recall. They make talking snakes and spiders and everything else. Well, you got a talking snake, a talking panther, a talking bear, a talking orangutan. I don't remember a talking alligator. You. What about the princess and the frog? Oh, yeah. There's a talking alligator in yeah, there. Yeah, he, he plays trumpet. And things one thing I, I thought I would never... The is, is Ray. Things I've never thought that I would Google. Talking frog. And then, I love this, people ask, do alligators talk? <laughs> I wonder what some people sit at home and just think about and Google all day. But if you'd like to know the answer, despite not having vocal cords, these resourceful animals communicate using a range of bellows, growls, hisses, roars, and even a call flight sound called gumpump. So, there you go. Oh, yeah. So, if you have a conversation tonight, if you want to know... Someone randomly asks you, do alligators talk? They do. From the 662, we have someone saying that there was an alligator slash crocodile contestant on Sing. Was there? I don't remember. I've only seen it once. Alligator on Sing. Yes. Ta-da. 
Correct. And then from the 601 on the ceasefire text line, somebody reminded us that the bad guys, the new animated movie featuring the villains as a group, yeah. they have a talking alligator. Okay. Feeling better for the for the species. You are represented in cartoon land fairly well. We just could I just couldn't think of one. It's also not a question you get asked every day to sort of think back to a specific Oh, no, there we go. Of course, Hanna-Barbera would make one. Apparently, 1962. The first episode aired September 3rd, 1962. The Adventures of Wally Gator. I'm sure if you saw a picture of Wally Gator, you would recognize him. Why is it that every time I think about a gator, you wonder, like, which gator should have talked? I go back to Happy Gilmore. He didn't, I mean, I know he didn't talk. He didn't do a whole lot, but... He is one that I feel like should have had a voice in the movie. It would have made sense in that movie. <laughs> if he would have come up and had something smart aleck to say, it would have really fit the vibe. It would have been unexpected but appreciated. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, the alligator was hanging out in the afterlife with his golf coach there at the end. You know they were chatting it up. All right, stick with us. You got more up next with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Remember, the boys are on on location there in Oxford today. Rhino and I will meet you back here Monday at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.